0: COVID-19 has changed the way that we communicate. It's changed the way that we interact with people. And it's basically made us prisoners in our own homes. And one of the things that happens when you are kind of shuttered in is that your emotions and your mental clarity start to get clouded and depression can set in and just boredom sets in. My guest today is a gentleman named Steve Siebold. He's an author, a professional speaker, a consultant to Fortune 500 companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Harris Entertainment, Procter & Gamble, GlaxoSmithKline. Those are just some of his clients. He's a critical thinking expert and a psychological performance coach, meaning that he is all about mental toughness and he's going to explain to us different mental toughness techniques that can help us get through this very difficult and very unusual time. Steve Siebold. Hey, how you doing? Very well, buddy. This is Kevin Klein. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Appreciate it. Uh, Steve, let's just define what is mental toughness. Mental toughness really is your ability to control your
1: emotions, especially in pressure situations, tense situations, so and the more you can control your emotions, the clearer you can think, and the clearer you can think, the better you'll, you'll perform.
0: So give us an example or give us some examples of who, people that we might know or professions that we might know that uh, exhibit mental toughness.
1: Well, sports are a really obvious example because it's physical, and you can kind of see the results of what's going on you know, mentally with, with an athlete. So say a Tiger Woods is always a great example. I'm mean, a great, great performer under pressure. He takes, he takes one shot at a time. He doesn't get overwhelmed emotionally, usually. He's not perfect, but no one is. And the LeBron James would be another one. You know, the late Kobe Bryant was a great one. I mean, these people, Michael Jordan, of course, in the past. I mean, these people that are able to calm down enough to think very clearly and critically and then perform at, their, at the highest uh, point of their potential.
0: I've often thought of the names that you mentioned. Uh, the, the people who exhibit mental toughness to me are like Navy SEALs. Uh, who they have to have that clear, critical thinking uh, in in the most desperate of situations. Is there a way that we can learn this? Oh, definitely. And we've worked with Navy SEALs over the years, over the last 20 years or so.
1: And you're completely right. I mean, they have to be be very calm and clear under pressure. And of course, one of the things about the Navy SEALs that we learned over the years is that when they have 70% of the information on the mission, they move forward. They can't you should get 100% because there's just not that much information on the field, depending on where they are. And so they have to go in. You can imagine what kind of pressure that is when your life's on the line. So it's definitely something we can learn just by practicing, keeping your emotions in check. Just like now during this, this whole COVID-19 uh, crisis. I mean, it's got a, none of us knows really what's going to happen the next day, but we can stay calm, control our emotions, take it one step at a time and move forward. And that's just a way to practice getting
0: mentally tough uh you have a great book 177 mental toughness secrets of the world class sold over 100,000 copies it is a fantastic read it's an easy read and i would recommend uh somebody going and getting the book and then reading one tip per day and you'll be done with a you'll be done with half of the year and put it into perspective and put it into practice for you uh it's a in reading some of the things is it kind of a matter of semantics where you wake up one day and you go oh i have to go to work or you wake up the way that i do and i say oh i get to go to work
1: oh definitely i mean as simple as it sounds it really is semantical at, at its foundation because we literally talk ourselves into things and of course talk ourselves out of things and so people that i mean people make fun of Things like affirmations, which is basically what it is, and they do work because that's how the human mind really is programmed. We're emotional creatures, and we can, we'll can, believe anything that, that we're told over and over if it's said strong enough or long enough. And uh, so we can program our minds for mental toughness or anything else.
0: Okay, but Steve Siebold, how do we program our minds when everything we watch on the news and everything we read on, on the Internet right now with COVID-19 is dire and desperate? That's true. It's a good question. I think, I think the answer really is, is not over,
1: overwhelming yourself with too much of the negative stuff. I mean, certainly find out what you need to know. But then also in, immerse your mind in positive things. Things you can control is really what it comes down to. So your own, as you just said, your own attitude, you know, your, 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 own, your own behavior, your own disciplines, and those types of things. So you feel like you're in control of your life. That's a lot of, of, of being mentally tough is to feel like you have control – of Maybe not the outcome of something like COVID nineteen, but you have the, the the control of the way you proceed through this process.
0: So if you were to put a percentage on it, how much of our life do do we actually control, and how much of it could we control?
1: I think we can control a lot more than we really believe. I really do. I mean, certainly there are things that we can't. But again, this crisis being you know a perfect example of just not knowing what tomorrow brings. But I think we can control the belief. Kevin, that, that this is the number one belief of world-class performers, at least that, that I've studied over the last 36 years, and that's I have the ability to handle anything that life throws at me. So whatever happens tomorrow with COVID or anything else in, in my life or the world, Um, I'm going to land on my feet somehow. I may stumble, I may fail, I may fall, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm eventually going to handle it. That's the number one belief I think we all need to program into our minds.
0: You know, one of the things that I learned in the uh, in in your book, 177 uh, uh, tips, that. that, um Kind of Warren Buffett kind of talks about this, where what we're seeing in the stock market right now is kind of a reflection of what's happening with COVID nineteen. And if you see it for an opportunity, you see it as an opportunity. Like you can change your life today with the opportunity you've been given with working at home or having to embrace technology. Is that is that kind of accurate of what I'm kind of learning from what you what you teach? Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, on, on a on a practical
1: scale. Stocks are on sale. I mean, if you're if you're someone that follows the equities markets, so you can afford to to play the, the the stock market casino, the Wall Street casino, as we call it. Uh, then, then God bless you. Take advantage of sales sales on uh, stocks on sale. But in terms of the time, I mean, look at all the time we all have because we're all homebound for the most part, and the things you can learn on the internet, the classes you can take for almost nothing, or some of them are free. You can learn all kinds of new skills. The whole world is in that little that little computer. It's pretty amazing.
0: One of the tips that you have is you can calm your fears through gratitude. Uh, We have an amazing opportunity right now to help the less fortunate. Just the other day, uh, the grocery store where my wife and I work, uh, they were giving us an opportunity to buy food for elderly individuals that can't get out for themselves, and they would deliver them to them. Why is gratitude, you're not the first person to tell me this, why is gratitude so important in a time like now?
1: Yeah, you know, my, my late business partner was a guy named Bill Gove, and he's he a very famous public speaker for many years. And he used to say, gratitude is the aristocrat of all the emotions. And I asked him about that a lot of times, and he said, because he was far, 50 years older than I was. And he, and he said that, you know, there's something about gratitude that just gives us, gives us a sense of fulfillment and, uh, and kind of a sense of grace where we, we, we feel like, you know, we've been lucky in a lot of ways, no matter how much bad fortune that enters your, enters your life. We've been lucky in so many ways, and it's so great to be able to show gratitude and express gratitude and give back, like you and your wife are doing, at the, with the with the with the food and whatnot. It's just there's something about it that reaches the higher levels, I think, of our consciousness.
0: Well, I think it goes back to the old cliche saying: it's better to give than it is receive. It's way more rewarding.
1: It's more fulfilling, that's for sure. Yeah, just uh, you know, you kind of have that success, fulfillment, happiness triangle, and fulfillment certainly. Uh, certainly is, is struck very heavily by, you know by gratitude and by giving back.
0: And one of the things that I read uh, and what I love about uh, about the book world class and champions are people who have embraced these these techniques and then everybody else is just kind of an amateur and kind of uh, middle of the road. How do, we, how do we elevate ourselves from middle class to world class?
1: Well, I, you know, I've been speaking all over the world about this, uh, Kevin, for 23 years, literally just you know, going all over the place. And most people I find in corporate corporations, especially is where I give most of my speeches, conventions, and most people, I believe, don't, don't believe these things. They really don't believe that personal development, the way we think, like you were saying, what you're saying to yourself, self-talk affirmations, all these things. I don't think people, goal setting, I don't think most people really believe these things are the things that elevate people from being an average performer with average results to world-class results. And all the studies really show that that's primarily the way we think is primarily what elevates us success-wise. Now, I don't think most people really believe it, but it's true. And, and if they just try a little bit of it, even if they think it's cheesy or it's whatever they think, give it a try and see if it doesn't work. I think they'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Well, I believe one of the things that you mentioned at the early part of the book is the power of self-belief. If you think you can achieve it, you will achieve it. Absolutely. I mean, even just saying to yourself,
1: "You can, you can do it." You know, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Like I'm, I'm very tech challenged. Or, you know, I'm, I'm from the old world. You know, I'm old enough to be from the old world before tech. And and I, for many years, I told myself, "Well, I'm not a techie. I don't know these things." I come from the dial telephone world. You know, I mean, what do I know about cell phones and the internet and technology? But you know. Changing my self-talk, I've, I've learned a lot of things about of technology, and I'm not the best person in that way, but but I'm certainly better than I used to be just because I told myself, hey, you know, I can learn this. Maybe I'm slower than other people because I'm older, but but I can still learn it over time if I discipline myself.
0: You were talking about Tiger Woods being mentally tough. I remember watching Tiger at the height of his career when he was winning every major tournament. And you, you, you could just tell, regardless of the distance of the putt, that he was going to make it because the, the look in his eyes was, "I got this." Oh no
1: question. And I and I was on the golf channel. I've been on the golf channel so many times, especially when Tiger was at his peak, and and then when he had the the big personal issue and everything. I was on there all the time talking about this, and you know, and, and that's a he's a perfect example of someone so mentally tough. Yet all of a sudden he 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 walked into the, the these personal issues. Um, and he had all these personal problems, and his mental toughness just 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 fell i mean that 's that people were saying it was his back, it was a swing, and I was going to the media all over saying it 's none of those things it 's the way he 's thinking. I can tell I can see it in his face i 've studied this for a long time and, and it really and the, now he 's starting to actually come back now whether he 's too old, who knows, but he 's certainly the, the showing signs of the old tiger and i don 't think it has anything to do with the swing. I think it has everything to do with his mental toughness
0: yeah but they, going back to when he was having those personal issues before it became public i was always amazed at the ability for him to compartmentalize his personal and professional life but you say compartmentalization is one of the keys to being world class
1: it really is i mean there's no question be- being able to table your emotions you know let's say for for tiger it might be going on the, it would be going on the golf course for the average person maybe they have you have a fight with your spouse and you're you're all upset and you go to work and you now you've got to compartmentalize that anger or frustration or whatever it is Emotionally, so you can do your job. That's, uh, you know, we're all compartmentalizers. We all do it. Some people just are far better than others. I think Tiger was phenomenal at compartmentalization, as you say, <laughs> uh, until he was completely overwhelmed personally, which was he was prepared to be in the public, but he's been prepared since he was a child to be in the public as a hero, not as a villain. And all of a sudden, He's the worst villain in the world, according to a lot of people. And the press, of course, of course, really went at him and all that. And he was, that was something he was unprepared for emotionally, so he broke down. And that's what happens when people become emotionally overwhelmed. They break down, and all of a sudden they're not as mentally tough because their thoughts are scattered instead of focused. And now we're starting to see after many years, he's coming back.
0: And we're starting to see it personally with COVID-19 being quarantined, not being allowed to do what we're used to doing, the personal freedoms of being able to go out for a drive or or go out to the park or something like that. So you said take it day by day. How do we do that? How do we focus on the present? Well, I think it's that old thing probably all our mothers taught us, you know, put one foot in
1: front of the other. I mean, it's as basic as it is. Just like personal development is so basic that I think people underrate it, they you know, they, they don't see it for how the power it actually has. Just taking one step at a time and, and, and even looking at it and saying, hey, what can I learn? What can I read? What can I do while the world is shut down? It will probably hopefully never happen in any of our lifetimes again. You know, How can I prepare myself education-wise? maybe through reading or taking courses on the Internet or whatever it is, while I have all this time on my hands. I mean, it's really a great opportunity for all of us to do something we'll probably never get a chance to do any time in our, our lifetime again.
0: Well, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this, because as we mentioned, with adversity, you're you're faced with an opportunity. And the opportunity right now is for personal growth. I really do believe that because we don't really have any Except for this uh, for COVID-19, we don't have any exterior stimulation going on. That's right. And
1: and as you mentioned earlier, Kevin, the the, the exterior, the external, you know, stimulation is all this bad news on the on the television. And, and, you know, and and so probably we can immerse ourselves in in books and study courses and whatever we can what we can do to really to get our minds thinking about, hey, this is really an opportunity uh, disguised maybe as an adversity to really grow and get better.
0: One of the things that you mentioned in uh, 177 Mental Toughness, Secrets of the World Class, and one of the things that was uh, given to me in your, in your bio by your publicist is that humor offsets dramatic events. If you know anything about comedians, you know that that comedy comes from a very dark place, and that's how they cope. They use humor with a, as a coping mechanism. How, how can we keep our sense of humor with what's going on around us? I, yeah, I think you
1: have to see the lighter side of this. I mean, you think about what's, what's happening. As the virus starts to, starts to hopefully wind down as soon as possible, probably the, the talk is going to be the economy. You know, there's talk out there, obviously, with uh, in Washington and other places where they're saying, hey, you shut the whole world down for X amount of days or months. And what does that look like? Well, it never happens. and No one knows, including the top economists in the world. So, I mean, it's so, it's so large, it's so macro that it's almost hard to – it's almost funny. It's almost humorous just in itself because there's a good chance that there's – I don't know if it's a good chance or what chances, but there's a chance that almost everyone could lose everything they have. I mean, and it's just so – it sounds terrible, and it is terrible, but it's almost funny at the same time because we have absolutely no control of it. You can't work harder. You can't even leave your house. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's almost kind of funny when you think about it, how powerless in this case we actually are when we always feel, you know, feel like we can control things. And this one, we just can't. So maybe we just we just laugh about it and say, you know what, whatever happens, we will come back. We will respond. We will rebuild because that's what people do. So I think there's some humor in that because it's so big, yeah.
0: That's what the world class and the champions do, but i got to believe that there's people out there listening to this right now and hearing you, Steve Siebold, say that, and they're like, oh, what the hell, why don't I just give up?
1: Well, I don't think you can give up. I mean, I guess you can, but it's a temporary – it's it's a, it's a bad solution to a temporary problem. I mean, this will – this will, uh, the world will go on. I mean, this will end at some point, as painful as it is and as, and as horror, horrific as it is for the people suffering and dying over this. I mean, it's obviously a terrible situation, well, a sure. grave situation. But the world will go on and we will pick up and we will go forward. And chances are, as you know, we'll become stronger because adversity makes you stronger. None of us like going through it, but you always get stronger every time you go through it. And I think the whole world's going to change in some ways based on what we're all going through because collectively the whole world is going through it at the same time.
0: Well, one of the things that you mentioned in, in your book, 177 mental toughness secrets of the world-class is that world-class folk and champions never stop learning and this is a learning experience for us we've never faced this before so we're gonna we're gonna eventually figure out ways to overcome this and then those are going to be learning experiences that we can use on down the road
1: absolutely i mean the 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 world-class performers are their world-class performers are really learning machines i mean they are focused on learning as much as they can being the best they possibly can and i think just maybe outside of like literal learning of courses or uh, techniques or technology or whatever people are studying just learning in, in in the context of self awareness, just becoming aware of what it's like to sit in your house for all these days. We don't know when we're going back to work and when we can go out to, maybe being in restaurants is a thing of the past, or going to just going out anywhere is a thing of the past. I and mean, that's crazy as it sounds, but what are we thinking during this process? How are we responding? I mean, it's a, it's almost a lesson in
0: self awareness. No, it really is. Not only self awareness, but uh, but but your adaptability, your own self adaptability two situations. I got to ask you about this because this is something that I was tossing and turning over uh, last evening in preparing for this conversation. You say, accept the fact that your mood, attitude, and overall daily disposition is a choice. If you are a person who suffers from depression, how can you choose to not do that? Well, I think there's, there's a couple different levels of depression. I think
1: there's a chemical depression, which is you know, obviously something that, that needs to be you know, the the drugs need to to really offset. I've got a couple of family members that are in that situation and that's 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 not an attitude thing. I think I think some people I used to think it was years ago as well, like a lot of people, but it's it's really a chemical imbalance and that's a different thing. Attitude is not gonna change that. But for the rest of us it's just kinda get down a little bit. Maybe we get down the dumps or a little bit depressed or but it's that is something that can be changed by simply Re, you know, revisiting the way you see this whole situation and say, hey, as you mentioned earlier, Kevin, that it's a, it's a time for for personal reflection and study and growth and learning and all these things. It really is a great opportunity. I think it's just the way we see the world, what we choose to see the world. And attitude really is a choice. Now, if you're in you have clinical depression, uh, then that's something that's uh, beyond the scope of, of what we're talking about. But that's something different. And it's very that's a very serious thing. But when it's just attitude, we choose it.
0: You know, I'm glad that you recognize that because I was worried that you weren't going to recognize that. And then I was going to be I, I was going to give you this story anyway, but I'm going to give it to you now, because I do think that on top of having because I am I'm bipolar. OK, and I take medicine for it. But I used to do this when I would wake up in the morning. I would always say, well, what's going to go wrong today? now I wake up and I'm like, what's going to go right today? And I, I have a better life. Well, that's powerful. Yeah, I have a couple of
1: cousins. It runs in our family a little bit, too. I'm, unfortunately, I, I don't have it, but I don't think I Well, you're I lucky, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've, been, I've been told that. One of my cousins, one of the most ambitious women I've ever met in my life, she was very, very successful, ran a multi million dollar company. And when she got it, when, she, when, it, when it came out, she couldn't figure out a reason to get out of bed. So, obviously, that's a very serious thing. And beyond, as you mentioned, uh, you know, beyond the scope of attitude and mental toughness and any of those things, that, that's a clinical thing. But for the rest of us, it really is a choice, as you, as you say. You were a professional
0: tennis player. I didn't know that. long time ago. In the old world. <laughs> top, top 500 in the yeah, world. There's ago. a lot more than 500 people on this planet, buddy.
1: Yeah, well I you know, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about all these things and that's kinda how I got into the mental toughness space. I started working with players once I retired like Andre Agassi and Jim Currier and some of these famous work players with them. and I work with the Boston. Yeah, I did. I, I on the mental side and the Boston Celtics and all kinds of pro teams and that kind of thing. And I kinda got interested in the way you think, how you think can can completely control or not completely, but partially control your performance, whether you're an athlete or a business person or a husband or a parent or, you know, anything. It really controls your behavior to a large extent.
0: One of the books that I always went to, and this is a super simplification of this book, it's called The Inner Game of Tennis. And basically what it boils down to is you will do your best when you're no longer concerned about the outcome. Meaning that you yeah, don't Tim can- wrote yeah, that book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're yeah. familiar with it.
1: Oh, very much. So I read it in the 70s, yeah. It's a phenomenal book. Yeah. Yeah, one of the best ever. I, I recommend that to people, The Inner Game of Tennis. It's uh. He's a brilliant guy, and it's yeah, exactly. It's really it's really about how you how you think, and it changes completely the way you move forward in anything, in a, in a very positive way.
0: In the way that your coaching was, you don't play game to game, you play point to point, which is kind of you day by day.
1: Yeah, because you can become so emotionally overwhelmed. It's so easy to to get up in tennis by a couple of games in a third set, or in golf, maybe you're up a little bit in the leaderboard, and all of a sudden you start thinking, well, oh, geez, when I hold the trophy up, you know, I want to make sure I look at the press." And you start <laughs> you start you're already ending it, or it goes the other way where you think you're way down, and you start to project in your mind what it's going to be like to lose and how you're going to handle it, and all of a sudden you're. You're you're a half hour ahead of yourself, and it's determining the way you perform in the present because it emotionally can overwhelm you. And it's what amateurs do, and it's what pros do sometimes, frankly. But that's why this mental toughness piece is so important because if you do take it one step at a time, you only see the next step and so it does not become overwhelming in the process it's, it's easy to say harder to do but it is possible for all of us
0: no it is i mean you look at uh, and we use sports kind of as a metaphor for life because uh, everything that it teaches us but uh, if a team goes down three nothing in a best of seven series they don't say we got to win four we just got to win the next one that's absolutely right and they're trained to do that that's a great point i mean there are people say well geez, how are they thinking boy
1: they got to win four in a row no they're not they're doing exactly what you said the best ones are mm-hmm. you know it's in it's and then when they're on the when they're on the court, let's say it's a basketball game, you know, they're playing they're they're playing point by point. And the same thing with, you know, inning by inning, out by out in baseball, football, same exact thing, play by play. I mean Tom Brady, people say I get asked about Tom Brady all the time in the press and people say, Well how does he how does he is he envisioning is he envisioning the whole game? No, he's envisioning one play at a time. Yeah. That's what he's seeing. That right? he's an architect, a psychological architect in that way. Very, very good one, too, obviously.
0: Getting back to Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods doesn't knock down a 60-foot putt. Tiger Woods goes and knocks down a 5-foot putt that has 55 more feet to go.
1: That's absolutely right. And and I I know that sounds like a nuance to people, but – in it, it maybe some ways, it is a psychological nuance, but it makes all the difference sometimes in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what, buddy? i, I got to be honest with you. This has been an enlightening conversation. Your energy and, and your words have really invigorated me, and I know it's going to do that, too, for everybody who's listening because we do. You make a, a boatload of sense. We do hold our happiness in our own hands. We really do. It's, it really is in our control because it's all in the way we see things. It's not, it's not what we see. It's the way we see it, the
1: way we – it's our perception – that creates our reality. So you can see the world and everything that's going on as a, a terrible thing, or you can see it as a beautiful thing that, that has some bad things in it, and we just kind of have to navigate it. But it, it impacts your direct happiness. So we are in control at the end of the day, as you say, of our own happiness.
0: I can't recommend it enough. 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class. Uh, Steve Siebold, what's your uh, what's your website where we can go and learn more about you and, uh, and your practices?
1: Probably the best place is I have a video blog. It's called mentaltoughnessblog.com com, and then you can buy the books on Amazon,
0: of course. Right on, buddy. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and thanks for giving us your expertise. You really are a wealth of knowledge, man, and it's really fun to talk with you.
1: Hey, I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Take care, Steve. Yeah, we'll see you. So there you go, Steve Siebold. It, I, I love what he was saying, and it is true. As somebody who myself uh, as i have bipolar disorder um yeah i do take pills for it but the other thing that i do is i really do wake up every morning and i'm very fortunate that i love my job i get to go to work not i have to go to work and it used to be what what's going to go wrong today uh, and not anymore it's you know what's going to go right today uh because it, it really does it it changes the way you walk it changes the way you hold yourself it changes the way that, you smile, and uh, and we do control that. There are a lot of things, as Steve mentioned, that's out of our control. And what's going to happen with COVID-19, that is definitely out of our control. But what we can control is how it's going to affect us on a moment-by-moment basis, and you do have the power over that. My thanks to Steve Siebold for joining us on the Fuzzy Mike. My thanks also to Mike Larson of Serban Media. For helping book and facilitate that interview with Steve Siebold. The executive producer of The Fuzzy Mike is Trish Klein, social media director, Lisa Tynan, production elements Zach Sheesh at the I'm your host, Kevin Klein. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Fuzzy Mike. Don't forget for video coverage and bonus videos, go visit us on Facebook. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Kevin Klein, your host. See you next time on The Fuzzy Mike.